This is Cashflow Ninja, episode 75, with Kendall Davis. Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast empowering and inspiring people to discover how to generate their own income and manage, grow, and protect their own wealth in the new economy. Now, here is your host, MC Laubscher. Hello everyone, MC Lobster here and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today and in today's show we're going to look at how technology is utilized in the real estate space to democratize real estate investing by creating a vehicle and a platform for the average person to utilize and invest in the highest quality real estate across the country. My guest today is Kendall Davis, and Kendall Davis leads the investments team at Fundrise. Since joining Fundrise in June of 2014, Kendall has built out investor relations and contributed to the business development for the company. She manages deal-specific investor communication and retention strategy. Prior to joining Fundrise, Kendall has worked at Citigroup, initially in structured credit and interest rate derivative sales. She next contributed to building the Hedge Fund and Alternatives Initiative Group within the city private bank until joining Fundrise. Kendall is a graduate of the University of Virginia. Now, as listeners may know, Fundrise is one of our partners at the Cashflow Ninja, our wealthy partner, and they give everyone the opportunity to invest directly in the highest quality real estate without the middleman. Fundrise makes the process of investing in the highest quality commercial real estate from around the country very, very simple, efficient, and transparent, and they allow investors to get started with as little as $1,000, and you do not have to be an accredited investor to participate in some of their offerings. Fundrise was a company that we partnered with because of their principles, their values, and their mission. They are on the cutting edge of technology, really doing amazing things with technology. And they're trying to democratize real estate investing so that everybody has an opportunity to invest in these vehicles, not just accredited investors and people with very large portfolios. They also try to empower people with free education on their platform. They have an education center with tons of resources that's available for anybody to go and educate themselves on real estate investing and financial education. And they do try to empower people through education, just as what we're trying to do here with the Cashflow Ninja. You can learn more about Fundrise through our link at CashflowNinjaWealth.com. That's CashflowNinjaWealth.com. Please also remember to support our healthy partner on it that provides supplements, nutrient-dense, and earth-grown foods and fitness equipment to help you achieve your next level of well-being and total human optimization. Our listeners can get a 10% discount with coupon code GETONIT at CashflowNinjaHealth.com. And our wise partner, Audible, offers a free audiobook download when you try Audible 
for 30 days, you can grab your free audiobook download at CashflowNinjaBook.com. If you want to support our show, you can also do your Cyber Monday shopping through our Amazon homepage at CashflowNinja.com forward slash Amazon. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas from Entrepreneur on Fire, and you're listening to the Cashflow Ninja podcast with your host, MC Lobsher. You must be prepared to ignite. Kendall, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Now, you have a very impressive background. Can you please share a little bit about your background with my listeners? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I have, uh, I took the traditional path, sort of the safe path out of school, um, out of University of Virginia. I uh, went to a large institutional bank, um, worked in sales and trading, um, and then moved over actually to the private banking side where I was um, heading up a, a hedge funds and alternatives initiatives group that um was actually dealing with institutional cash on the private banking platform and was a, a brand new initiative within the bank. Uh, so I was very fortunate to see different sides of the banking world. And really my main takeaways were how broken um, our banking system really was, how little individuals were able to fully utilize um, the capabilities of the bank. And really, there was no technology at all. Um, so I, I became very frustrated um, with a variety of things within the bank and really uh, didn't see myself there from, you know, for the long haul and started to look outside at alternatives and found Fundrise really um, in our earlier years. We were, we were founded in 2012 and this was um, early in 2014. So uh, we were still a very young, hungry team at the time. And I really, uh, the, the, the mission really resonated with me. And so I saw this as an opportunity to be part of uh, a, a better solution to the current financial environment that we have. Um, and so I, I've come on and been here for a little over two and a half years now and have really built out um, our investments team. Um, and seeing the platform grow from, uh, I think we only had about 100 investors when I joined and, and now to have over 100,000 users on the platform. So it's a, certainly an exciting time. Now, can you share a little bit um, more with, with my listeners about Fundrise and what value you provide to the marketplace? Yeah, absolutely. So we started out with the mission of democratizing real estate investing and really eliminating the middleman. We found that the current system was really focused on ultra high net worth individuals who had a lot more money to invest and the fees were very high. So if you're familiar with a uh, private fund structure, typically you're looking at two and 20. That's sort of the, the typical fee structure. Um, and it's egregious, really. Uh, you know, if you if you really want to make it big, become a fund manager, because uh, you can make a really great living, uh, regardless of how your portfolio does, because you're getting 2%, um, you know, on an annual basis. So 
we thought that that system was broken and we saw that individuals really weren't able to participate because they, they weren't able to cut the check sizes to even participate in what was that egregious fee structure. Um, so we really were, were sort of in the uh, beginning movements of the crowdfunding world. And, um, and that was, we've, we've gone through a couple of different structures, but we've, uh, uh, we've had sort of a, um, overarching theme of trying to keep costs low through using technology. So we are a technology platform. Uh, we utilize technology to enable everything from finding commercial real estate deals that we like to providing access to individual investors, um, quality real estate investments online. Um, we've eliminated middlemen, so we don't work with um, you know, brokers or REAs that are selling our product. Um, so we're able to minimize the fees that the customer has to pay. Um, there's no sort of transaction fees associated with transacting on our platform. Um, and we currently have uh, real estate investment trusts that are on the platform now. So back in 2012, when I first joined, we were really focused on individual projects and the ability to sort of invest in your own community. And while there were a lot of benefits to that structure, we found that our current REIT structure um, through using crowdfunding regulation, which I can talk about in more detail, um, but specifically Reg A+, we found has enabled us to allow unaccredited investors. So no matter what your net worth, no matter how much money you're making, you can invest on our platform for minimums of $1,000. And that $1,000 can be spread out over um, many, many different commercial real estate projects. Now, for listeners, uh, there's one thing that I just want to touch on um, it, that they might not be aware of. So the fund managers, the 2 and 20 that you mentioned, it's very, very interesting. So it's 2% overall of the portfolio and then 20% of the profit that they make for you. Right. Absolutely. And, and I mean, you can see how they're making a lot of money really quickly there um, because you're giving up upside and you're having to pay them 2% just to manage your money on an annual basis. So um, it, it's a lot of money to fork over. And in good times, you know, maybe you can afford to pay that. Uh, but but certainly in down markets, you're you're pretty much that's eating up all of your returns. Right. Right. No, and the the other thing that you touched on too, just about accredited investors and regulation A. So you guys have a different model, which allows you to, as you uh, as you say, democratized real estate investing for everyone. Before we 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 jump on that further, uh, can you explain to some of the listeners out there what a real estate investment trust is? That yes. if they're not familiar with it. Yeah, no, that's a great question. So essentially, it's just an LLC, which has a certain tax qualification. So um, in order to qualify as a REIT, there are a number of different qualifications that need to be met. One is that a minimum of 90% of taxable income must be passed through to shareholders in a given year. Um, there are restrictions around the types of assets that you can invest in. So it has to invest in, I think it's around 75% in real estate qualifying assets, um, the shares need to be fully transferable. There, it needs to be managed by board of directors. So there's, um, you know, there's a, a lot of different things that essentially are uh, certain uh, qualifications that need to be met in order to qualify as a REIT. Um, but it's really just a fancy LLC. So um, there's a lot of different types of REITs too. So there's debt and mortgage REITs. Um, there are equity REITs, and then you you might see more of a hybrid. We actually have. 
a mixture of different REITs on our platform. So some are more income focused, some are more growth or equity focused, and some are a mixture or hybrid. Um, so that kind of goes back to the capital stack and whether um, you are more of a cash flow investor, so do you like debt and are you looking for just consistent dividends? Um, do you have a long-term perspective and can you take on a little more risk? And are you interested in something that might be um, more equity-like where you're looking at potentially a, you know, a seven-year hold um, with the greater appreciation upside potential? So um, you know, there's, there's something for everyone and, and there is sort of that flexibility, which is great. And what's the difference between the REITs that you guys offer than that of publicly traded REITs? Yeah, it's a great question. So there are advantages and disadvantages to our structure. And I think the most important thing is for all investors to be aware of what their own risk tolerance is and what um, what type of investor they are. So we tend to look at smaller size investments that are under the radar of large institutions. And we are willing to look at earlier phases of construction. So in, um, in the last financial crisis in 2007 and 2008, a lot of banks really got burned and uh, were no longer able to look in the early phases of construction and take on a little bit more risk. Um, So essentially what we saw is there was uh, a lot of banks become much more conservative in terms of lending there. And so there was a huge opportunity in the marketplace that opened up in order to lend in uh, those earlier phases of construction. Now, it's important to note that there's more risk in those phases of construction. But if you're willing to do the work and you have the expertise, which our underwriters have, you're able to find these really great opportunities to make what we believe is a very attractive risk-adjusted return. Um, so that's something you're you're often not going to see in most um, publicly traded REITs. So um, you know, smaller investments, earlier phases of construction, but along with the structure too, you're actually seeing um, less liquidity in a private REIT like ours. So unlike a publicly traded stock or REIT where you can just buy one day and sell the next. Uh, there is less liquidity. We are not publicly traded on an exchange, um, but there are actually advantages and disadvantages to that. So if you're a long-term investor, um, you know, that actually might benefit you because let's say that there's bad news out of China, which is completely unrelated to the fundamentals of the REIT. You know, if you see, um, if you see bad macro news, often what you're seeing is that uh, publicly traded stocks um, publicly traded REITs are getting beaten down unfairly just due to that beta or their correlation to the broader market. So we believe that our structure is actually superior if you're looking for something that is a bit of a volatility dampener for your portfolio due to that reason. You're not going to see sort of the whiplash that you're seeing in the publicly traded markets. Our net asset value is only updated on a quarterly basis. These are liquid assets, and so there are certainly benefits to that. Um, if you are in need of short-term cash, and you're worried you're going to need your money out tomorrow, our product is not for you. And um, and so it's really about finding the right fit um, in terms of our investors. Uh, we do have a quarterly redemption program. So, um, you know, on a quarterly basis, if you need to redeem your shares, we do our best um, to process those and, and, and get people their money back if they need it. Um, but there are certain restrictions around that, too. So it is important to think of our product as a long-term hold, um, and, and that's, you know, it's a very different product from something you'll see, um, on an exchange for that reason. 
Yeah, and that's aligned with our philosophy too, is uh, investing in cash flow businesses and assets that provide income streams. So this is definitely for the listeners out there, not a, a product or a vehicle to trade <laughs> in right. real estate. Right. Yeah, we don't want day traders on our platform. It's just not uh, It's not the product we've created. And I think it's really important to have a long-term perspective. Um, and, and especially when you're dealing with equity investments, you know, we have, um, as I mentioned, an income read, and then there's one that's more growth focused, but you really can't see that appreciation and the true value of your investment for several years. And so, you know, it's tough because uh, especially when there's, uh, you know, a bad economic climate, people tend to want to sell or, um, or, or get out. And, and so I think that there's some discipline there um, where you really have to sort of white knuckle through it and say, you know, this needs to be a long term uh, perspective and I need to have discipline around this. And real estate is very is very local too. Um, obviously, commercial is a little bit different. But are there some funds that specific to certain areas or states, or is it a, a well diversified kind of a, a structured investment? Yeah, that's a great question. So we have definitely had investors, particularly from sort of the old days uh, on our platform where we had the ability to pick and choose individual projects that still really like taking those directional bets. Um, You know, depending on where you live in the country, you might actually be overexposed. So if you own a house or um, or, you know, maybe you have some investment properties um, on the West Coast, you might actually really need that diversification on the East Coast. So we do have three REITs that are more regionally focused, and um, it's a $1,000 minimum for East Coast, uh, West Coast, and then we also have one that is the heartland, so the middle of the United States. And we've seen people just go through and diversify across them. Some have taken more directional bets, and we do like to provide that flexibility because I think often investors don't realize just how concentrated they are in a given market because that's where they live. Um, but there are certainly people that feel more comfortable investing that way. You know, they really feel like they know the market, they understand it, and uh, that's where they would prefer to uh, really take their bets. So we we try to give investors the tools to really learn everything they can about a given market and, and make a decision for themselves that fits them and their portfolio. Now, one of the strengths of, of Fundrise, too, is the value of the underwriting and your due diligence process. Can you share a little bit more about these processes? Yeah, no, and that's a great follow-up, actually, um, you know, to the question about um, about the, sort of the regional uh, factors, because there's so many layers that go into evaluating what projects to choose. And unfortunately, you know, we've found that quality real estate investments are scarce. And so particularly when you're dealing with small sized investments, as we are, um, you're really sorting through a lot, a lot of due diligence. You're looking at most, especially the sponsor or the developer that you're working with, because when things go bad, really, you're relying on their judgment, their expertise, um, their understanding of the market and of their particular asset to really um, do the right thing, make the right decisions. And so, so much of that is character, um, getting to know those people um, as human beings and really trusting their judgment. And so we do try to spend a lot of time doing site visits and spending time on the phone um, with those sponsors and developers. And often we do develop a relationship that then will span several investments. And so it's not unlikely for you to see multiple investments 
uh, with the same developer on our site for that reason. There's a lot of layering that goes in also with the local market. You know, what are the supply and demand um, characteristics? What what are the trends that we're seeing? Um, and and really digging through the assets. So there's, I think we have something like 350 point checklist that we go through. So it's very exhaustive. Um, we have an investment committee that meets um, on a, a very very regular basis to really dig through this. And um, you know, it's a labor of love, and you have to be very committed to have um, you know our skin in the game uh, because we know that there's nothing more valuable than our track record. Um, we haven't had any deals, knock on wood, um, as of today's date. Go Boston, our our REITs, and um, you know that's been because we've been in a very stable macroeconomic environment. Um, as well as our due diligence. But, you know, that's not that's not going to be the long run. Um, we will have deals that um, will struggle, where things will go wrong, where things will be behind schedule. That's just the, the nature of the beast. And so um, as much as we can really vet those sponsors, understand the market dynamics and and um, and really stress test our downside, um, the, the better off we'll be in the long run. How does your uh, boots-on-the-ground intelligence structure look like for identifying opportunities in markets? Because obviously you guys have a research team um, in your corporate structure, but uh, can you speak a little bit about the the boots-on-the-ground structure as well? Yeah, that's a really great question. So we've had people that are, and and we do still have people that are actually, um, you know, in in office in various different places. Um, But one thing that we actually found was that it was – it, it, it's tough for your company culture if you just have one person here, one person there. You know, we have someone in Atlanta right now. We have someone in L.A. Um, we've had people in our New York office. And um, we found that it was very difficult um, to really keep sort of the lines of communication open. I think, you know, we, we do a good job with the way it is now. But for the most part, we are in D.C. and just traveling very, very consistently. And so, um we do have people that are um, essentially sort of regional experts. We're constantly doing, um, as I said, um, site visits, meeting with developers, um, doing a, a lot of exhaustive due diligence on those markets through trips. Um, so, you know, it, it's um, it's a challenge. And I think it's something that um, as a technology company, we've been able to really build a good database of information that we rely on. But um, but the markets are always changing and you have to be on top of it. So it's um, it's a dynamic business and it's one that you have to be very vigilant on a consistent basis. Uh, now, Kendall, how would an investor get started on your platform and what is some advice that you can give to my listeners to get the most value from your platform and offerings? Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, well, we're on Fundrise.com, um, and so that's sort of the best place to just start to get your feet wet um, is just by taking some time on the site. But as I mentioned earlier, the most important thing is to really understand your own risk tolerance, um, your liquidity preferences, um, and, and really just getting to know yourself as an investor. Um, as I mentioned before, our investments are long-term. They do involve risk. Um, and so it, it's not a fit for everyone. And we we want to make sure that the investors who come to our site are very informed and understand our products um, and we're always happy to talk to investors about it um, or potential new users. And so I think there's a, a really great wealth 
of information in our blogs, our education section um, that talk about REITs. Um, most private REITs, I actually would not recommend. A lot of private REITs have hidden fees um, and really are not um, in line with what we have built as a platform. And so um, the most important thing is to really know what to look for. Um, we have offering circulars that are very robust. We try to file on a very, very regular basis with the SEC website, Edgar. Um, so there's a lot of information there in terms of the assets we've acquired um, and uh, really the way that our, our, our REITs are structured. That's really important to know. And so we're always happy to walk someone through that information, but um, it's all on the website on Fundrise.com. Yeah, there's some very, very valuable educational uh, resources in there that all of you guys can take advantage of. It's a fantastic platform. Now, Kendall, one of the habits that I've observed from successful and wealthy people are that they're always studying new subjects and learning new skills. What are you currently studying and what new skill sets are you currently learning? So I have sort of my personal and my professional things that I'm working on. So... (laughs) My, my favorite recent new purchase is my slow cooker. Um, so on the personal side, I, um, I've been really working on my, my cooking skills. <laughs> I think it, the slow cooker to me is like the passive income mentality because you don't have to actively do anything with it. So I've been such a huge fan of this because I can go to work and I come back and dinner is ready. So um, that's sort of on the personal side. You know, gardening was another one, although I have to say the slow cooker is going better than the boxwoods right now. Um, but you know, on the professional side, I think um, becoming a better manager is something that I've been really focused on. We are growing incredibly quickly as an organization, which is a really exciting time. Um, but your organization is really only as good as its parts. So I think, you know, working on yourself and, um, your communication skills has to come first. And so I've been doing sort of a journey of self-awareness, um, and really getting to know the type of person I am, because I think knowing my own tendencies, has helped me to understand how I can work better um, with people internally. Um, I, I was reading um, Ben Horowitz's book, um, Hard Thing About Hard Things, and you know he was describing basically uh, whether you're a number one or a doer and somebody who just tends to spring into action and, and basically get stuff done, or if you're more of a number two or an analyzer. Um, and this just rings so true to me because I, I definitely fall into sort of the doer. Um, you know, I, I, I hate overanalyzing things. I just want to get stuff done. And I think um, that actually has really impacted how I interact with other people in the organization. Um, and so sort of, you know, working to have that self-awareness about my own tendencies, um, understanding how that that impacts my personal management style and how I interact with other departments um, and and just trying to figure out how I can kind of, um, you know, overcompensate to, to try to analyze more, um, understand that other people operate differently. Um, so, you know, sort of a, a journey through self-awareness, I think, is probably consistent throughout life, but something I've definitely been focused on recently. Yeah, and you have spent a lot of time, obviously, uh, performing analysis on investments and looking at investments in your life. What are some of the uh, the biggest lessons that you've learned looking at investments that you can share with us? You know, that's a really great question. Um, I think it's to have a long-term perspective, um, first and foremost, but, um, you know, look 
a layer deeper. Look under the hood. Don't assume that everything is in the first couple pages in bold print. Um, it's a lot of hard work to dig through pages and pages and pages. I mean, I think our offering circulars are probably upwards of 100 pages. And it's not fun bedtime reading, I'll be honest. But it's really worth it to do the work up front um, and, and to really put the work into also analyze your partner, whoever that is. So whoever you're investing with, if it's the manager, if it's a developer, um, you've got to do the work. There are really no shortcuts. Um, and so it, it can feel a little bit painful at first, but I've found that doing that due diligence on, on whoever that is that you are trusting um, with your money and also making sure that you understand the fee structure and any anything that might be hidden. Um, you know, we, we unfortunately live in a world where um, people just kind of want sound bites. We're used to text messages and Twitter and um, it's easy to really get complacent and, and you can't do that with your money. Um, it's too important. A core message in our show is to leave our families and communities and the world a better place than we found it by passing down a mindset and values and principles to future generations, not just money. So if you cannot pass on any money to future generations and we're only allowed to pass on three principles to them to build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be? Um, so the first one is definitely just read a lot. Um, I think you have to seek out the answers and put in the work, as I mentioned, you know, with whether it's with your investments, whether it's in your business relationships and your personal relationships, there are no shortcuts. And um, and you really just have to to read, um, to spend the time analyzing and to try to absorb as many of the outside resources as you can. Um, I've actually been really big on audiobooks and podcasts lately, and I've been listening to them on 2X, which is amazing. Um, one recent thing I did is I listened to Sapiens on 2X. So I, I highly recommend, you know, wake up in the morning, drink a cup of coffee, go for a run and listen to Sapiens on 2X. You will be ready to start your day. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so read a lot. I think, you know, that's, that's one, um, keep a long-term perspective, you know, especially true for building wealth. I think it's important, um, to contextualize everything in life by backing up out of the weeds and keeping a long-term perspective. You know, life is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Um, and I think having this context has helped me to know that it's never as good as it seems and it's never as bad as it seems. Um, you know, I think you just knowing that whatever moment you're in, um, you know, things, especially when you're, you know, at a, at a startup or growing business, some days it'll feel like you're on top of the world and the next day it'll feel like, uh, you know, you're at the bottom of the barrel and you don't understand, um, you know, why <laughs> there are these highs and lows. And so I think, you know, whether it's your personal life, your job, building a business, portfolio, you name it, just keep a long-term perspective. And the last one would be, uh, you know, just don't be afraid to be vulnerable. I actually recently read a book by Brene Brown, uh, Daring Greatly, and that really resonated to me. I think, um, you know, when you're at a growing business, there's really no perfect formula um, or when you're starting out in investing, um, never be afraid to ask for help or um, admit you don't have the answers because most people are in the same boat. And I think that goes along with reading a lot. It's just not being afraid to seek out the resources um, and, uh, you know, um, put yourself on the line a little bit and, and look stupid sometimes in order to really have that long term gain. Now, you've mentioned quite a number of, of books. Are there any books that you would recommend to listeners starting on their investing journey? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, 
I mean, there are so many of them. I think there's, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think about kind of the core ones that have jumped out um, to me. Um, I, let's see, in terms of the investing journey, um, I mean, I read on a consistent basis, real clear markets. I mean, there's basic stuff that I think if you want to just get your feet wet, it's to start reading things like the Wall Street Journal and, um, you know, consistently reading, um, uh, you know, just, just sort of keep up on what's going on in the news. Um, I have recently been reading, um, I read the Everything Store on um, Jeff Bezos and Amazon, sort of on the tech side, which was really interesting for me being now at a um, you know, at a, at a tech business where you can invest online. Um, as I mentioned, I read Daring Greatly by Brene Brown on the power of vulnerability, which I really liked. And um, another favorite I've had was um, American Icon, um, which was actually about Ford. Um, those are more like management books, I would say. Um, but, um, you know, in terms of uh, investing books, there's there's a, a wealth of information out there. Um, but, but starting with the basics on just keeping up on what's going on in the world with, um, you know, the news will, will get you a far way, I think. No, that's, that's great advice. Now, Kendall, how can my audience learn more about you and your company and keep informed of all of the projects that you're involved with? So we're on fundrise.com, um, F-U-N-D-R-I-S-E.com. We're on Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it. Um, easy way to get in touch with me is, um, is, is just investments at fundrise.com. Um, or on LinkedIn, and um, always eager to talk with people about Fundrise um, and, and our journey here. So um, looking forward to hopefully connecting with more um, in the near future. Kendall, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey and your knowledge. Uh, it, my, you provided so much value to my listeners, and I had a really, really enjoyable conversation. Had a lot of fun. Well, thank you very much. I really enjoyed it as well. And um, yeah, hope to catch up soon. Thanks for having me. Hi, this is MC Lobsher, the host of the Cashflow Ninja podcast. As you may know, I'm also the president and chief wealth strategist of Valhalla Wealth Financial. We help individuals, families, small businesses, entrepreneurs, and professionals build their wealth outside of Wall Street and help investors maximize the use of every dollar in their personal economy and boost their investment gains. We do this by combining their capital and investments with the financial vehicle of the wealthy, according to the infinite banking concept. If you are interested in learning more, you can email me at info at cashflowninja.com and I will send you a copy of Nelson Nash's book, Becoming Your Own Banker. Thank you so much for joining my guest, Kendall Davis, and myself on the Cashflow Ninja podcast today. Again, if you're interested to learn more about Fundrise, you can check them out at CashflowNinjaWealth.com. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here at the Cashflow Ninja, please subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes, and share our show with friends, family, and your network. Thank you so much for all of your support and feedback on the show. And if there's any way that I can provide more value to you and serve you better, please reach out to me at info at cashflowninja.com or tweet me on Twitter at MC Lobsher. 
Don't forget to take advantage of the offers from our partners that aims to empower you to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. Our healthy partner, Honored, provides supplements, nutrient-dense, and earth-grown foods and fitness equipment to help you achieve your next level of well-being and total human optimization. Our listeners can get a 10% discount with coupon code GETONIT at CashflowNinjaHealth.com. And our wealthy partner, Funrise, Fundrise gives everyone the opportunity to invest directly in high-quality real estate without the middleman. Fundrise makes the process of investing in the highest-quality commercial real estate from around the country simple, efficient, and transparent. You can get started with as little as $1,000, and you do not have to be an accredited investor to participate in some of their offerings. You can check them out at CashflowNinjaWealth.com. Our wise partner, Audible, offers a free audiobook download. When you try Audible for 30 days, you can grab your free audiobook download at CashflowNinjaBook.com. That's our show for today, everyone. Until next time, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms. You have been listening to the Cashflow Ninja with your host, MC Laubscher, the podcast empowering and inspiring people to discover how to generate their own income and manage, grow, and protect their own wealth in the new economy. Today's show notes and resources are available on our website, CashflowNinja.com. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objective, situation, and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness. 